Beloved Jesus, we surrender before you. I ask you, speak to us today. Bring your word into our hearts. Those who are here listening to me in this church, those who are listening to me on the internet, I pray that you can touch their hearts. You can, you can speak into their hearts. And you can save all of those who are listening to me today. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask you for your guidance, Holy Spirit. In your name, I pray and everybody say, Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Last week, I started a very important message. And today, I will give you the second part of it. Do you remember what I did preach last week? Do you remember? You have a great task. Did you know that you have a great task to do on this earth? Look to the person next to you and say, you have a great task to do. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't watch it or missed the part one, please listen. Go to our website or to our YouTube channel and listen it and watch it, please. I told you in the, in the last message that your great task on earth after loving the Lord with all your heart is to save those who are lost. After you get saved to the, by the Lord, then you have this great task. And last week we read John 4 from verse 6 to 38. On how Jesus evangelized. Did you remember? And by looking at Jesus, we have learned very important truths. Let's remember it. First, Jesus was willing. He was tired, but he was willing. Jesus was kind. Jesus was relatable. He was confrontational. And he used to confront people. And I'm going to start now the message. He was, Jesus was contagious. <laughs> Jesus was contagious. This is the number five. Jesus was contagious. Notice that after that woman, the Samaritan, my Samaritan woman, had this experience with Jesus, she runs back to her town telling everyone and say, come and see. <laughs> she had like one experience. And then she started inviting everybody. Come and see, come and taste it. Do you know many people Today, they don't invite people to know Jesus. Why? Because they didn't have a strong encounter with the Lord. But this woman, she was so excited. She said, come and see. What a powerful statement. She was so touched 
by her experience with the Lord and her newfound salvation that she ran and told everyone. And after Jesus won the woman over, she went and told the whole town. Hallelujah. Are you a true Christian? Yes? A true Christian is contagious. <laughs> Meaning that he or she will inspire others to win their loved ones and their friends to the Lord. Amen? So, looking to Jesus, we see five very important learning points. Jesus was willing, Jesus was kind, Jesus was relatable, Jesus was confrontational, and he was contagious. Hallelujah. If you act like Jesus, you will save the lost. This is the point. Many times we don't save the lost because we are, don't act. Like Jesus. As I said in the last message, every Christian, if you are here in this church, every Christian needs to have the experience and the joy of preaching the gospel, saving people, and seeing these people in church serving the Lord. I am so happy to see people serving the Lord. People that I preach the gospel. I am so happy when I receive many messages. By WhatsApp message. People say, texting me and say, Pastor, I am so thankful. Because you preach the gospel to me. Years ago, I was in school. And you preach the gospel. Some people say, I, I, I worked with you. And you preach the gospel and I am saved. And you need to hear people coming to you and say, I am so thankful because you preached the gospel to me. Can you say amen? Yes. Then let's see this five pr practical key. I want you to say to you five practical keys that if you apply to your life, you win your loved ones, your friends, and co-workers to the Lord. Can you say amen? But you need to listen and to apply it in your life. Hallelujah. It's the first thing I want to remind you that is important to remember. That only the Holy Spirit... Can draw the sinner to repentance. Can you say amen? Only the Holy Spirit. I think the danger, the danger comes when we try to play God. We take, sometimes we take a friend to church. And we start elbowing them and say. Where then? Things that we think. They should respond, and we try to play the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and say, did you listen? You have to change your life. Don't try that. It doesn't work. 
You are not the Holy Spirit. Amen? We, we are not to pressure. We are, we are to present. Pay attention. We are not to push. You are to present the gospel. You cannot produce salvation through our, your effort, own efforts. Of course not. Then, when you preach the gospel, don't become angry. Don't take it personally. If people don't respond what you are saying. Amen? You have to present the gospel in a nice way. Then trust the Holy Spirit. You take it from there. Did you get the point? You just present the gospel in love. And then the Holy Spirit are going to act and to help you. We have to present the gospel in a nice way. And then trust the Holy Spirit to take it. First point. Then I want to challenge all of you. When you come to church, please bring a notebook and pen. And take notes. Did you know? Because here is a place for you to learn, to study the Word of God. Then, thanks God, I can see some many people with notebook and pen. Congratulations. If you didn't, please, next time, bring a notebook and a pen. Amen? Because here is a place for you to learn. First, first point is present the truth. How can you save someone? Present the truth. The gospel is a declaration. Pay attention to that, please. The gospel is a declaration. A clear, simple, bold declaration about a truth that God wants to communicate. What God wants to communicate? That salvation is found in Jesus Christ. And if you turn from your sins and trust the Lord to save, you will be saved. Hallelujah. So we have to present the truth. I want to read two verses. Luke 5.32. Jesus said, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and they need to repent. Acts 3.19 says, now this is for all of us. And for all those who are listening to me, now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be whipped away. We must declare the truth. This responsibility lies on us. Okay? This is my responsibility. This is yours. Okay? I want to read another verse, 1 Corinthians 9, 16. That says, Yet, preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. 
How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. So here, my beloved brothers, we see that there actually has to be a presentation of the gospel. We have to present. It is good to invite people to our church. It is good to invite people to our church. But inviting someone to your church is not the same as evangelism. Did you get the point? It is good to do kind acts in community. It's good. Like painting public places or giving out food. And we are doing that. Cleaning up the city. But community work is not the preaching of the gospel. It is good to do charity work. But charity is not preaching the gospel. It is good to build relationship with people. And be nice today. It's good. But friendship alone is not the presentation of the gospel. The model that was given in scripture is that of presentation. We should do charity, okay? We should do charity. We should help people, of course. But it is in the clear declaration of the message of salvation that we see results produced. Did you get the point? We have, it is in the clear declaration of the message of salvation that we see results produced. Because the Holy Spirit partners with our preaching to convict the heart of the sinner. We have to preach the gospel with love and preach a clear message. Then the Holy Spirit will take it from there. Did you get the point? You speak with love. And then the Holy Spirit take that message and work with that message. First point. You have to present the truth. Say with me, I have to present the truth. Again, I have to present the truth. It's not... Not live a quiet life. And if somebody ever asks who you do serve, then you go and tell them. No. Some people say, I can be a good person. And the people there are going to me and ask, oh, do you belong to God? No, it's not how it works. Sorry. <laughs> we have to present a clear message. Of the gospel at all times. And we are going to see at the end of this message how to teach, how to give this message. I'm going to give you in a very simple way for you. Second point. First, you have to present the truth, right? Second point, practice purity. 
What did they say? Practice purity. Purity. This is a key, my, my beloved brothers. This is a key. I want you to read Luke 11, 33 to 36. Luke 11, 33 to 36. Let's read together. You can follow me on the screen. No one lights a lamp and then hides it and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it is light can be seen by all who enter in the house. But now pay attention. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, pay attention. Then your whole life will be ra radiant, as though a fraud light were filling you with light. Hallelujah. The effect, pay attention to what I'm going to say now. The effectiveness of your evangelism increases as your purity increases. Maybe you're going to say, ah, oh, God can use everyone. Yes, I know. God can use everyone he wishes. He also uses a donkey to speak to a prophet. He can use and sometimes he is using donkeys because nice people, they are not preaching the gospel. This is the problem. <laughs> but when you live in purity, that purity is going to give you credibility. Did you get the point? When you start preaching the gospel. When you live in that purity, because the Bible says... About your eyes. When your eyes are good, your whole body is good and you live in light. But when you don't have this purity, the people don't believe in you. I'm not talking about things that they are filthy, like lust and anger and greed. I am talking about uh, things like pride. That it's easy to see in many Christians. The ability to admit them when they are wrong. Do you admit when you are wrong? Or hard heart? The ability to apologize. I am talking about meekness. Kindness. Humility. And grace. And gentleness. These things are very attractive to other people. Did you know? These things are very attractive. And you need to look at you. Because sometimes you are not attractive to people. 
If others know that you are someone is proud, rude, with little patience, <laughs> no self-control, who is always complaining or always lazy, always late to work, they are not going to take what you are saying seriously because you don't have their respect. Respect. In order to say certain things, your character must first be respectable. Do you agree with that? Before we speak something, your character should be respectable. If you have a respectable character, what is that, pastor? If you are kind to people, you keep your word. If you say that you will be somewhere at a certain time, you are there at a certain time. If you say that you can be counted on for support, then you are there to show support. Be the best worker. Are you a good worker in your job? Some people, they get fired from their jobs because they are bad workers. This is so sad. Because they don't obey authorities. They are get fired. If you are a student, be a good student. Can you say amen? Be a good student. Be the best manager. Be the best in every field. This is, this is, you give you credibility when you are declaring the gospel. Beloved brothers, before I become pastor, I was manager in a company for 15 years, most of you know. After 15 years, half of the company was Christian. And when I started working there, there was no Christian. And after 15 years, most of the people from the company, they become believers. Please. Our, the people are going to respect this purity in your life. Then practice purity. Because people will then respect your character. Can you say amen? Practice purity. Because people will then respect your character. I have a question. Do people like to be near you? Do people like to be near to you? Some people want to preach the gospel, but they are boring. They have no patience. They are rude. And they have, and you have to be friendly. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. There is nothing worse when someone's trying to tell others of God who can save them from corrupt characters when they themselves have corrupt characters. This is so sad. Make sure that if you are practicing what you preach. Amen? Make sure. Because you need to practice what you teach because the people are watching you. 
Because sometimes you are saying one thing and you are doing another thing. And the people, they're not silly. They are watching us. Make sure that you are practicing what you are preaching. Make sure that you are a prime example of Jesus Christ. How would Jesus be as a student? How would Jesus be, behave in a workplace? How would Jesus participate? How would Jesus interact with others? Do people like to be close to you? Again, we must have the same humility in order to touch. We cannot be this loud-mouthed or arrogant or proud people. We cannot be lazy people. We cannot be unreliable people. We simply expect others to hear what we have to say. We cannot be annoying. We cannot be rude. There are people who don't relate well with others and still expect people to respond to the message they are preaching. I think Christians can sometimes be very awkward and unreliable also. And they become, they become ineffective in their evangelism. If you want to be one effective evangelist, you must practice purity. You must have good character and be respectable. Can you say amen? You have to say one thing and to be the same thing that you are saying. No one will accept anything from you. If you have one annoying approach and are always criticizing people, there is, this is one immature approach. If you do that, you have to present the gospel in love and let the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts. Did you get the point? You present the gospel in love and Then the Holy Spirit, you get that message and start working in the people's heart. If you are always boring people and criticizing them, you will never win anyone for Jesus. This is the point. You never win. Just share. Please, I am teaching you because I am doing that for 36 years. I know what I'm teaching. I, I, have, I have preached the gospel to many people. And I know. Then if share the gospel with love. And hope in and the, and the hope in Christ. And then let the Holy Spirit to do the rest. Can you say amen? Also, judging people. Is a religious approach. And it will make them despise you. This is another point. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't try to be the Holy Spirit. Just 
preach the gospel with love. And you are going to see many results. Number three. This is a nice teaching and, and a powerful teaching. And all of us, we need to learn. Because if you practice that, I know you are going to have people serving the Lord. Because you brought them to Christ. Amen? Third, pray for the lost. Pray for the lost. Romans 10 verse 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my, what? My prayers, follow me there please. My prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. My prayer is for the people of Israel to be saved. Here we can see that prayer can be offered for the salvation. Let me ask you, is it God's will that the lost is saved? Yes or not? Of course it is. For God is willing that none should perish, but all come to everlasting salvation. Jesus died at the cross for the salvation of the world. This is the will of God. Then if it's God's will... We can pray for the salvation of our loved ones. Amen? Pray. If the gospel is a seed, then prayer is the water. And the Holy Spirit is the life-giving light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit... Is the one who draws us through salvation. Is the Holy Spirit. As you are praying for them, you are partnering with the Holy Spirit in bringing them to the cross. Evangelist pressure tactics produce fake conversions. Sometimes some people they are pressuring people. And, and, and these conversions are so fake. Because if they didn't have this encounter with God, like the Samaritan woman. Then pray for them. I want to give you a, another challenge. Write up a list of people that you want to be saved. I have done that many times. I wrote the list of people that I want to preach the gospel that would be saved. And pray for them daily. Pray for them daily. When you pray, you are watering the seed of the gospel. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Number four. Present power. You have to present power. Or 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4. Paul said, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Nothing, something sophisticated, he said. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I, I relied 
only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Then Paul the Apostle is saying, it's not your words. But if you act with love, if you are a loving person, if you, what you speak is according to what you are teaching, then the Holy Spirit is going to partner with you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Yes. Then it's our rep- responsibility to present the truth. I'm going to repeat. To present the truth, to declare the gospel lovingly, to have a strong character, pray for them, and demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. The last one. If you are preaching to someone who is sick, pray for a miracle. Okay? If you, are, if you are preaching to someone who is sick, pray for a miracle. If you are preaching to someone who is oppressed, depressed, or possessed by demonic beings, tell them God can set them free. And pray for them. Then God can say to people that God can break addictions. Tell them that God can break that cycle in their lives and liberate them. This is a legitimate form of evangelism. What I'm teaching you, this is how should we preach to the people in this way. Because sometimes we are doing different way and then no results. Miracles are the magnets for the message. But miracles are not the message itself. You can u- we can use, my blood brothers, the power to present the gospel. But the power itself is not the gospel. We must pay attention. We must declare the message with spirit-filled power. As I told you, I have this joy of having many children in the faith who are serving the Lord. And many of them, of these children that I preached the gospel, they received the healing first. And then they got saved. I remember when I was working in the company. And then some people came to me and said, wow, I have a strong pain in my body. They were not Christian. I told them, can I pray for you? Sure, of course. Then I just prayed. I said, God, touch his body. All pain, get out of his body. In Jesus' name. When I finished my prayer, then he looked at me and said, wow, my pain gone. And then they got healed first. And then they came to Jesus. Also, my mom, my mom also, she got healed first. Because she had asthma. You know the story? My mom had asthma for 25 years. And I prayed for her. She got healed. And after she was healed, then she got saved. Many people can be healed first. And this is that healing and the power of God is magnet to bring people, but you have to explain the gospel later to them. Amen? 
Then I'm going to finish now. Then this is the, the best part, please. You have to now to get it. How to simple explain the way of salvation? Do you know? Do you know how to preach the gospel to people? I have done that for 30, near 37 years, my beloved brother. And I'm going to give you in a very simple way. If you had a pen, it, it, it was good. Because you need to take that. Okay? I'm going to give you three simple keys for you. Diagnosis, cure, and response. Could you repeat? Diagnose, cure, again, cure, and response. That's the order you have to go in. That's the order. If you try, pay attention. If you try to give someone the cure before they have been diagnosed, they are going to resist that cure. Right? Did you get the point? If you try to give someone the cure before they have been diagnosed, they are going to resist that cure. So, beloved brothers, by presenting Jesus saying, some people say, you need to receive Jesus as your Lord. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to save you. This is a truth. But this is the cure. Not the diagnosis. Or the, uh, if you say, for example, if you say to some people, think about your neighbor. If you go to him and say, you need to receive Jesus. You need, you need Jesus loves you. What he's going to say to you? Think now, please. What he's going to say to you? They're going to say, no, 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 I don't need that. I don't need. He's going to say to you, I am good. I am good. I am okay. People, especially people who are healthy, especially people who are doing well by these worldly standards, they are okay. Especially people who are moral and they have Happy families. They're going to say, why do I need Jesus? My, my, my life is okay. They have a good job. They, maybe they have a nice house. They have a family. They have a wife who loves them. They have kids who obey for the most of part. And they are satisfied with their life. Isn't it? It's how the people answer. You present them the cure, but they say, I'm fine. Because you are presenting the cure first. They're going to say, I'm okay. I don't need Jesus. I don't really did not, don't need that. I don't re really need religion. So you have to present a diagnosis before anyone takes the cure. Did you get what you have to give first? The diagnosis. Amen. Yes. 
After you present the, then you present the diagnosis. After you present the cure, you have to present the response. How to present the response? Teach them to respond to it. For example, now you are going to understand what I am talking using this illustration. If someone is diagnosed with cancer and the cure has been deemed that a sur surgery will work, then that person has to offer themselves on the operating table. Amen? Of course, now they cannot operate themselves. No one can operate themselves. But you have to go, if you have this cancer, what do you, what you have to do? You have to go and to surrender yourself by getting on the table so that the surgeon can do his job. Amen? It's, it's like that. Jesus is the surgeon of the soul. The cancer is sin. Sin that sin is that cancer that is eating away at the soul. We are responsible for our sins. The Bible says that death came through sin. For all have sinned, because everyone who has sinned, that opens the door to death and destruction, then sin is that cancer. When you present the diagnosis, some people are shocked. Yeah? <laughs> have you seen when the people say, they receive from the doctor, you have cancer. <gasps> It's the same about sin. Some people, they are shocked. Uh, some people go in denial. No, 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 I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. Others are thankful. Others say, thank you. Thank you for telling me. What's the cure? What should I do to get saved? Some people, they are thankful. And you present the cure as trust in Jesus. Amen? How do I do that? How do I do that? You surrender yourself. You have to get on that operating table and give your life to him. That is Jesus Christ. Could you repeat the, the three points? Diagnosis, cure, and the response. <laughs> but if you go and say, God loves you, you need to be saved. <laughs> For what? From what? Then I'm going to finish with these points. First, show that all have sinned. Romans 3, 23. All have sinned. Okay? This is what you need to say. This is the diagnosis. The wealth 
and the poor have sinned. Uh, people who are happy and miserable have sinned. Single and married people, no matter the country, no matter the culture, no matter the race, all have sinned. All of us. Me and you, all of us. This is the diagnosis. God has a standard and we have all broken his law because and we all deserve the wrath of God. Okay, first point, point we, we have to show that all have sinned. Second, show that sin brings Sin brings death. Sin is that cancer that's going to bring death. death. Romans 6.33 says the wages of sin is death. You can sin as much as you can. But sin has salary. One day you are going to pay the bill. Or you can accept what Jesus did for you when he paid your bill. Did you get a point? Here the scriptures tell us that when we sin, the payment for our sins, the penalty for your sin and my sin is spiritual death. It's eternity without God. I know people don't like to hear that. Whoever you want to define hell. Whoever people want to debate it, there is a place where people go that is separated from God. God is goodness, God is peace, God is love. So there is a place they're going to go with no goodness, no peace, and no love. Third, we must Show that Jesus paid our debts. We must, Romans 5 verse 8. That says that Christ died for us. This is the loving part. Okay? This is the best part. First, you give the diagnosis. Not so good. But then, this is the good, the love part. First, the truth Makes you miserable. When you know that you have cancer, how do you feel? <gasps> but then the doctor said, but there is healing for you. <laughs> there is cure. Hallelujah. The gospel is only good news when people know the reality first. How can you present the good news if they don't know they are going to help? How? What's the gospel? What's the gospel, my beloved brothers? Jesus saves. Saves from what? This is the gospel. How could it be good news if you don't know the consequences? So if, if no one believes they have sinned, nobody believes in the judgment. So how is the gospel good news? The gospel is simple 
is simply the salvation that is found in Christ Jesus. Salvation from what? From sin and hell and the judgment to come. We all deserve it, but God is so kind that he paid the price and took our place and debts. Can you say amen? He paid the price. Number fourth, we must explain that salvation is by faith. Romans 10, please read this verse at home. Okay? Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe in your heart, you'll be saved. Religious people say that you have to behave in order to be saved. This is religious people. They want to change you forcefully. But this is not true, beloved brothers. You have to believe in order to be saved. Okay? First, you have to believe. Pay attention what I'm going to say to you. If you truly believe, you will truly be saved. And if you are truly saved, then new desires will be produced. In you so that you can behave. Amen? First, God transforms your heart. And then He transforms your actions. But some people, they want to change. Stop doing that. Stop drinking. Stop smoking. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit. It's not going to work. <laughs> when people... When you, you present the gospel and the Holy Spirit work with you, then the people, they abandon their sins. Amen? Hallelujah. Some preachers teach that it is in changing your action that you transform your heart. But not the case. You believe. You accept that offer. And then you are saved because you believe in what Jesus did. Did for you. Amen? It's, it's our faith in Him that produces salvation. I'm going to repeat again. It is our faith in Him that produces salvation. Salvation comes through faith. And good works comes through salvation. We don't do good things to be saved. We do good things because we are saved. If you truly put your faith in Jesus, you bring yourself on the operating table. Jesus, the surgeon of the soul, you make the transformation. Amen? He's the surgeon. He's going to transform you. It's not you that's going to transform others. Don't try to transform others. Teach in love. I am teaching you in love. If you get this word in your heart, you're going to be transformed. If you don't get this word, it's going to be... <laughs> and don't, and you're not going to have results in your life. And the last, fifth, you have to tell them to call up Him. To, to call upon Him. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or everybody have to surrender their lives. 
After you have faith, you have to do a public declaration. Amen? After you have faith, you have to do a public declaration. Like that woman. Come and see. My life was transformed and I am a new person. Could you stand up, please? Please, how to explain the way of salvation to people? You remember? All have sinned. Everybody have sinned. Sin brings death. Jesus paid our debts. Salvation comes by faith alone. And they must call upon him or respond to Jesus. And say, Jesus, I accept you. Please, look at me. You have a great task on earth. There are many people, they are lost. If they die before accepting Jesus, they are going to go to eternity. Far away from God. And we are here to do this great task. That is to be the light in the darkness. To preach the gospel. To save the lost. And to make disciples. Would you like to, to fulfill this task? This task I want to fulfill. And that church exists because of that. Please close your eyes right now. Maybe you are, you are not sure about your salvation. Are you really sure about your salvation? If you die today, where are you going to go? You that he is right now in this church, or maybe you are watching me on the internet. Are you really sure that you are saved? Jesus is the Lord of your life. Please, now is the day of salvation. Please repent from your sins. Abandon your sinful life. And give your life to Jesus. Because sin is a cancer that can destroy you. Kill you eternally. And if you wanted to be saved. Or if you wanted to give yourself to the Lord Jesus. Please pray this prayer after me. And repeat this prayer. And say, dear Jesus. All of you can pray together and say, dear Jesus. I am a lost sinner. And I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. And I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you come into my heart. And cleanse me. In the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus, I accept you.
as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you for saving my soul. I give my life to you. I'm going to serve you. And I want to preach the gospel. To all those who are lost. In Jesus name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. May God help you to receive this truth, please. And make you a bold and effective soul winner. Amen? Hallelujah. May the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May the Lord bless you and see you next week in Jesus' name. Amen.